You better get ready. The coffee's poured and the on-air sign's flashing. Broadcasting live and local, this is Lee Faulkner on 864-triple-M. G'day, I'm Lee Faulkner and welcome to the podcast version of the show here on the Listener app and uh, we've got plenty coming up for you if you missed it. Uh, it's only been a short week once again, public holidays about, but uh, it's following the uh, Anzac Day long weekend. Uh, we've uh, already caught up with the Mayor of the Lockyer Valley Regional Council, Tanya Milligan, giving us an update on how the recovery is going there from the uh, flood devastation earlier in the year. That will be coming up a little a bit later on for you. Uh, and we caught up with our sports guru here at Triple M, Dobbo, uh, to talk about the disaster that was the uh, NRL game featuring the Warriors and the Melbourne Storm. 70 to 10, really? Well, the Great Divide is alive and well, as we spoke about. Well, throughout the course of the weekend, um, this Anzac round is very special. And it began, obviously, um, with the Sharks on Thursday night, and we, we culminated last night. But yesterday was a very, very special day. And look, some of the football over the weekend was outstanding. Um, some was absolutely probably left to be desired. I'm going to get to last night in a second, but... There is a real divide. Um, we've got 16 teams in the competition, and I reckon the top eight is already picked. Yep. Now, I don't know in what way it's going to sit, but that's got to be a concern for the NRL. There's just no two ways about it. Last night, the gap between the Melbourne Storm and the New Zealand Warriors, now, be it they had some injuries, but this is a team that beat the Broncos only a couple of weeks ago. They've had some really tough battles. 70 points to 10. 70 points to 10. Like... That's it, it. Just doesn't happen like that. No. And you know, and and that's the real concern for me. Long term, the, the divide. We're going to bring another team into this competition next year. Yes, that, that that's the real concern for me. And why isn't the salary cap working? Because that's what it was brought in for in the first place yeah. to stop the great divide, to stop what we had back in the sixties and and so forth, where one team could just keep buying and buying and buying and dominate for decades. I uh, we we wanted to stop that, and yet here we've got at least one side who has been dominant for twenty years. Uh, we've got others yeah. that have been dominant for at least you know the last decade or more. We've got a massive divide amongst our competition. Why is it not working? I honestly, I think it's two pronged here, and I'm and I and I don't want to get too technical, but I I actually believe that there's a divide in the coaches as well. Yes, coaching. Craig Bellamy coaches his players, not yep. every single player. You look at Jerome Hughes and Ryan Pappenhausen when they went there; they were fringe, fringe players. Yep, they've been coached, they were identified, and Justin Ollum, fringe player now. You know, now there's some superstars in there and Cameron Munster and stuff like that. But some teams are trying to buy their way out. If you want to have a look at the Sharks at the moment, Craig Fitzgibbon is coaching that team. They are playing better football than what they were. Now, you look at the Cowboys, exactly the same. They're being coached. I'm even going to go as far as saying the West Tigers in the last couple of weeks look like they're playing to a game plan. Obviously, Penrith have come through. You cannot buy your way out of trouble. And... Unfortunately, at the moment, the good teams, the coaches are coaching their players. They're identifying where they need to improve. And that is why there's obviously the third-party issue. Um, you're never going to get 
if you're uh, Tigers, if you're the West Tigers, you're never going to get the third parties that the Roosters are going to get or the Broncos or the Storm. It just doesn't happen. And that, that obviously makes it easier to attract a player because you've got a third party that's outside the cap. As long as it's registered with the NRL, that money can go towards them. But I actually don't think that a lot of these players are getting coached. We've also got to remember, two years ago, we didn't have the um, the state league competitions. Yes. And last year, it came back for half a year. So a lot of these next talented young kids haven't played a lot of football. So they're prone to injuries. They're prone to getting back into the groove. People develop. There just hasn't. And I'm throwing in COVID there as well, but the bottom line is um, 70 points to 10 against a side that was sitting in the top eight, it's now currently 11th in the Warriors, is a disgrace. That is just not on. And um, I don't care. They've lost one game. Melbourne, Penrith are undefeated so far after seven weeks. Um, I mean, Cronulla are the big smokies. North Queensland have improved. Um, I, I, I think that, you know, if you throw in Penrith, Melbourne, Para. Cronulla, the Roosters, Manly, South or St George and North Queensland, that's your eight. That's yep. your eight. Um, I don't think – I really don't think Brisbane can make it. The Warriors can't. The Titans can't. The Tigers can't. Newcastle can't. Canberra can't. And Canterbury can't. And that's that's just it. And here we are, only you know seven rounds seven in, weeks in. Uh, to seven a 26-round competition. Uh, the divide is massive. I don't know how we fix it, but something has to be has to change. And I think it I has agree. to start at the top. I think Peter Volandis needs to put his thinking cap on and say we need to run the red pin right through the whole thing and uh, and start a game. And let's hope that it happens uh, sooner rather than later because uh, poor old fans that are paying $150 a jersey, membership fees, going along to games and whatever, to see their team get thumped by 60 is just not... Yeah. Good enough in 2022. Uh, mate, thank you as of always course, for your mate. opinion. Absolutely brilliant. Dobbo is our sports guru at Triple M and uh, a good mate of the show. And thank you, champion. Have a great day. Good on you, brother. Talk thank soon. you, mate. 21 past six. Lee Faulkner, 864 Triple M. You cannot be serious. Yes, I'm serious. And if you've ever been left wondering, is karma really a thing, Lee? This is karma's going to get you. Going to knock you right in the head. Well, maybe not the head. Anyway, every now and again, we get reminded of the power of the karmic universe. Like this, a man in Chicago has paid a hefty price, and he tried to rob a hot dog stand. Terry and Pouncey held two employees of the Maxwell Street Express hot dogs at gunpoint early Monday morning, demanding they hand over their wallets and the restaurant's cash. Now, at the time of the robbery, one of the victims reportedly had been carrying a large bucket of oil. With the gun pointed at his head, the employee was trying to hand over a stack of $1 bills, but the bucket slipped and the money flew out of his hands. Our would-be wiener pirate grabbed the fallen money and started to run away while trying to secure his gun in his belt. But as he fled, the gun accidentally went off, shooting himself in the frankfurter. Old mate didn't make it very far before collapsing in front of a house nearby where he was arrested by the Chicago police and charged with two counts of armed robbery and one of wounding a minor. Meanwhile in Florida, one sheriff isn't waiting for crims to shoot themselves, instead encouraging homeowners to arm up and take matters into their own hands after a spate of local burglaries. The comments came after a burglary spree in Pace, Florida, in which a man is accused of breaking into multiple homes and backyards as he ran away from deputies. The poor old flatfoots were left flat-footed, prompting this 
from Santa Rosa County Sheriff Bob Johnson. If somebody's breaking in your house, you're more than welcome to shoot them in Santa Rosa County. We prefer that you do, actually. Hopefully, you'll save the taxpayers money. Oh, and they offer free help to make sure you don't miss. We have a gun safety class we put on every other Saturday, and if you take that, you'll shoot a lot better. <laughs> yes, what could possibly go wrong? You cannot be serious! I always look forward to catching up with the Mayor of the Lockyer Valley Regional Council, my favourite in the region, uh, Tanya Milligan. Good morning. Good morning, Lee. How are you? <laughs> All the better for chatting with you as always. Oh, that's, that's pretty smooth, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do bring me cookies at Christmas time. so uh, <laughs> I. Well, and you know, there's only like four sleeps to go for April. So, do you know, it won't wow. be long. And unfortunately, I have to say, there'll be giant cookies again come Christmas. I look forward to that. All right. <laughs> now, you've got plenty going on in your part of the world. Tell me about Fogo. Yeah, so Fogo, so as for the Food and Organics trial, so we've actually reached the halfway mark. So we are, I would say you could say, spreading the seeds for future generations. Um, the first batch of processed Fogo material was spread onto garden beds at our Lions Park in Laidley as mulch. And really, it's simply just from households separating food scraps and their organic waste into their green-lidded bin. Uh, we had about a 1,000 participating households and we've actually had opportunity to divert a whopping 270 tonnes of compostable waste from our landfill. So really what it tells me, Lee, is small changes every day can really have large impacts over time. Yeah, all right. Uh, obviously, you're part of the world uh, in a couple of areas like Grantham, really devastated by the floods earlier this year. How's the, uh, the recovery phase going? Yeah, look, we are moving forward. Our initial focus, as you can imagine, has been really on damage assessments. Um, our community continues to navigate through some of those insurance delays, which is which is always difficult when you've got so many other things you're trying to, to deal with. Yeah. Um, for us as a council, we're really, you know, pressing on with emergent works. And when I talk about emergent works, it's, it's just generally temporary works just to restore some functional and basic road networks. So we expect those emergent works will continue on till the end of June and then we'll get stuck into the real, you know, substantial restoration, which really for our region, you know, we're going to be rebuilding for the next two years. Wow. We've, you know, had approximately, you know, $4 million worth of expenditure just incurred through just responding to the event. We're expecting that, final repair bill leader be, you know, in tens of millions of dollars. But, mm. you know, we're working with um, QRA and, and working with us, with those other levels of government to make sure that we don't sell ourselves short and we don't miss out on any funding that we're entitled to. So okay. we'll keep chipping away on that one. And speaking of which, Council still has a range of financial assistance for those that were affected. Yeah, absolutely. So we still have our council's hardship policy um, and we've also collated information on financial and wellbeing assistance from all, all levels of government and also the non-government agencies and people can actually access them. Um, they can contact our community recovery hotline on 1800 173 349 or they can go to um, you know our website lockyervalleyqld.gov.au flood recovery and get some more information there as well and Lee assistance is available um, I tell people don't 
there's no shame in putting your hand up that you need help. We've we've all had to do it at some time in our lives. So I'd really encourage people to to see what you are entitled to, and and if you and if you are, by all means, do it Absolutely. if you need to. Absolutely. Uh, now, at the Laidley Recreational Reserve, the grandstand, you're considering naming that and you're calling for nominations from the community, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. So those nominations are now opening um, for the naming of the what we fondly refer to as the Laidley Rec Reserve um, for the grandstand. So we're looking for nominees who've had a significant connection to the land that the Laidley Rec Reserve is now on or have had a or have or have made a significant contribution to our community. The current sporting precinct has got a really long, rich history. Um, believe it or not, it used to be a, a horse, it used to be a racetrack, <laughs> a former horse racetrack wow. where they kept, where they tell me, Lee, that a local trainer won the first five races one day. <laughs> um, Unbelievable, but but true. Not not, and it's not just some local legend. Um, and you know, like right through today to you know, we use it for rugby league. Yeah. Um, we have netball, soccer, little a softball. We've got skateboarding precinct, um, and schools use it for their sports day. So um, it really does have some rich history. The nominations, if you want to submit someone, close at five p.m. on Wednesday, the fourth of May. Um, community members can make a submission via the Have Your Say section on Council's website, um, or they can get printed copies from either our Gatton, Gatton or Laidley Customer Service Centres. All right. And your popular Welcome Baby celebration is happening next month. Oh, I know. For someone who just earnestly wants to be a nana, and my children <laughs> still just give me fur babies. Oh, my God. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the woman that you see at the market that has to try and avoid, and I, and I hover over the little markets that have got the really cute little baby gear, and then I go over to where they've got the, the dog harnesses, you know, and the, and the dog bandanas. So anyway, so I just, <clears throat> I'll make the most of this every year. So we've got our welcome. We welcome the new bubs. Um, from, you know, 2021, so Saturday the 14th of May. It's our Welcome Baby celebration. And I will tell you, it's always an absolutely awesome morning, great way to introduce new babies to the community and, you know, really just promote that sense of belonging and connection. Each new baby in attendance, they receive a certificate from herself. Um, they also get a Lockyer Valley Library's first five forever gift bag. There's a morning tea. Um, if you haven't already registered, do register. You can register on Council's website or you can also go on the Lockyer Valley Library's Facebook page. Always a great morning and, you know, mornings like that are wonderful to come together to celebrate as a community. No doubt about that. The uh, Mayor of the Lockyer Valley Regional Council, Tanya Milligan, thank you as always for your time. Lovely to talk. Thanks, Lee. Love talking to you. Have an awesome week. You too. All right. It's also the time uh, that we welcome producer Robbie into his Hello. very own segment today. Yes, my, my takeover of the show starts here. This is it. This is it. it uh, now, uh, the six o'clock slot, uh, tomorrow, the world. Yep, right. Okay, exactly I'm it. with you. Like, like an episode of Pinky in the Brain. All right. So... This is about clickbait headlines. It certainly is. Something that we all deal with now, thanks to the internet and social media in particular, uh, where, you know, we get something that is just absolutely outrageous, outrageous mm. claims about female MP. And then you open the story and they say, 
Oh, yeah, I thought probably she should have worn pants to Parliament instead of a skirt. Yeah, wasn't that outrageous? It was just I certainly, uh, a bit I certainly heard a lot. When you when you hear that, you, you you certainly your mind goes to a lot more outrageous places. Than, a lot more outrageous places. These are the sorts of things that we have to deal with. So, producer Rob is going to come up with his own clickbait headline, and I have to try to work out what the story is actually about. And hopefully, a comedy ensues, or this will be a one-time only segment. No, <laughs> I, so, <laughs> so I, I was going to get an intro done for you, uh, but we didn't have the budget uh, for that. So, uh, thanks, Lee. It's Robbie's clickbait. Robbie's clickbait. Robbie's clickbait headlines. There you go. All right. <laughs> can, you, can you live up to that? I don't know if I can. I think you're going to struggle from here. All right. Give me your right. clickbait headline. I'll try and tell you what the story is actually All right, about. Lee, this is, this is a headline that I found online. Yep. South African man buys little blue bird. Okay. South African man buys little blue bird. Now, that, of course, is the story of Oscar Pistorius. Oh, carefully. Uh, and uh, he's feeling quite lonely uh, where he is currently. Carefully. Uh, well, fair enough, too. And uh, he bought this little bird in a cage, uh, like the Birdman of Alcatraz uh, sort of thing. It's, that's it's, not that's, it? That's not no. it. No. Okay. Of course it's not. This is the story, of course, of uh, former uh, leader of the uh, nation, South Africa, uh, Nelson Mandela, oh, uh, and his love for the Nissan Bluebird. Uh, he loved that car. What? Oh, he loved. It. He came to Australia and they took him in the Nissan Bluebird, and he had to buy one. <laughs> uh, and now his family have uh, no. That's that, not it. Either. That's okay. not it either, Lee. All right. I'm assuming that it is what most people probably don't understand. Don't know is that Elon Musk is in fact a South African. Yes, he mm. is. Yeah. and he has just bought Twitter for fifty something billion dollars. It's an unusual thing. I uh, Twitter. It's it's sort of like it's like YouTube without the videos, uh, just the nasty comments. Yeah. Uh, it's like forget about the <laughs> just give me the nasty comments. We'll go straight there. Uh, interesting though, in a tweet posted yesterday, uh, on his now product, Amazon founder Jeff Bezos questioned the possibility of Chinese influence after the fellow billionaire and Tesla CEO recent purchase. Uh, responding to a tweet by New York Times reporter outlining the links between Musk and China. So already the purchase of his own social media has come back to slap him in the face. There you go. All right. That is clickbait headlines. And I like that one. That's very clever. I will do it again tomorrow morning at six o'clock. If uh, the boss liked it, we'll find out a little later. It's 13 past six. Here's Ed Sheeran. Triple M. Well, I've been talking about this because, say, uh, from what I'm seeing, the ads and the, the little video snippets of Shen Yun coming to the Empire Theatre, uh, and it's only next week, 3rd and 4th of May, it just looks a spectacular show of sight and sound and, uh, and a wonderful bit of history as well. Oliver Perrett is the MC for the show, and he joins us for breakfast this morning. Good morning to you, Oliver. Good morning, Lee. I, I'm just blown away by what I'm seeing on uh, on the videos. I, I the comments that people are making following the show, uh, they're obviously just loving this. It's coming to uh, our own Empire Theatre. Tell us a bit about Shen Yun. Sure. Well, Shen Yun is a very unique experience because we make an extremely rich and deep spiritual culture accessible and easy to understand for people of any background. And uh, as for me, uh, as the MC, 
my role is that I explain each piece before it's performed to make every piece uh, easy to follow. And of course, as you mentioned, beauty is a universal language. Audiences often talk about the colors and the music. Yeah. And um, so we have a bel canto soprano, for example, who sings Chinese lyrics, but the English translation of the lyrics is displayed on the animated backdrop. And uh, But most of the performances are dances, and we utilize the dance form with thousands of years of history called classical Chinese dance, which is an extremely expressive and comprehensive dance form that involves difficult tumbling techniques and unique movements and postures. And we use this form to tell legendary stories from China's 5,000-year history. We also perform regional folk dances and ethnic dances from China's various ethnic groups. And uh, this is all brought to life using a unique patented technique whereby the performers are able to seemingly jump into and out of the animated backdrop, which you may have seen from the uh, videos. Yeah, I I mean, it's extraordinary. And this this show has done some 150 cities around the world. I mean, this is extraordinary. Right, yes. Uh, We now have seven companies that tour the world simultaneously every year. But we started in 2006, so we've expanded very quickly. Uh, how many how many performers? I'm sorry, you. I'm not sure if you mentioned that before, but how many performers involved in the in the show here? Uh, we have about eighty performers in wow. our troupe. Yeah, so we have obviously the uh, production crew and also the dancers and a live orchestra that accompanies the dance pieces that uh, consist of both Western and Chinese instruments, which in itself is a very unique experience. Absolutely. Where does the name come from, Xin Yun? Right. Well, Shen in Chinese means divine, and Yun is uh, the feel behind a movement, or in dance, it's the physical expression of a person's inner beauty. So together, Shen Yun means something like divine beings, the, the beauty of divine beings dancing. That is just incredible. Uh, Shen Yun is coming to the Empire Theatre and it will be there May 3rd and 4th next week. Get your tickets through the box office or the Empire Theatre website and you can go to shenyun.com. Shen Yun is the website. Have a look. Have a look at some of the comments. Have a look at the trailers. And honestly, kids, grandkids, get them to this. This is going to be something very special. Uh, Thank you very much for your time, Oliver. Really appreciate it, and all the very best uh, for the show here in the Garden City. No problem. Thanks for uh, inviting me.